presence of the Lord. Can someone say amen? amen. Feels so good for God just to be who he is. And, uh, and he teaches us so much throughout his word. And if we just learn to be the worshipers and just to be open and, and just say, God, you know, I'm not perfect, but I want to get better. Help me. Come on, somebody. Help me. His power is established. His dominion is established. And you can just see God just move. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, turn to me to Peter. Excuse me. Second um, Timothy. Second Timothy. We are on a series on follow to lead. Someone say follow. follow. Follow to lead. And I just want to read my base scripture as we get going. We talked about last Sunday on how we follow God. We follow the shepherd God puts in front of us. And we follow instructions. And, and we follow God is because if we're not following God, we are following our own ways and doing our own thing. And the reason why we follow the shepherd because God puts a shepherd there for a reason he even talks about the sheep know the voice of their shepherd and, and how it's important to, to honor and respect the man of God that got places in your life. And we talked about learning to follow the instructions so that it's profitable for us, the Bible says. And so those instructions help us to, to get and to be successful and to attain what God has for us. And also it talks about in Hebrews to, to pay close attention to what you have learned. And so when we grab this, we're following effectively. Someone say effectively, effectively and impacting things around us, impacting our families, impacting our, our marriages, impacting our workplace, impacting our schools, impacting and influencing for the gospel. And while Jesus taught his disciples not only to follow, he taught them, someone say, to serve. He served and to serve. And that is what's in between from following to leading is we miss out on serving on serving. But we look at in the book of Timothy where, where Paul is teaching the exact same thing to Timothy so that he would become successful and he calls him a son, a beloved son, a spiritual son in the faith. Well, 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 10, let's read that again. It says, but you carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long suffering, my love, my persecution, excuse me, perseverance, persecution, afflictions, which happened to me in Antioch, Aconia, Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Look at verse 12. Yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, someone say will, will suffer persecutions. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you, but that means us, the sons, the, the believers, the followers, the disciples, must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you've learned them, and that from childhood you know the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wiser for salvation, through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. It goes verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God, that the disciple, that the sons, that the daughters of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this morning for your presence that's in this place. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, that we would get a revelation, God, that we would wake up in areas of our lives, God, that it would be challenged to do more for you, Father. In Jesus' name, and everybody says, amen. amen. You, you look here, and here is Paul, and Paul was, is laying out some stuff to Timothy. He even reminds Timothy of when he was a young kid. When he talks about, about childhood, he's talking about when his, his mother and his grandmother had instilled some stuff in him. So he's reminded, look at you got good stuff in you, not only from what I have put in you, but what others have put in you. From your lineage, from your childhood, from your mom or your grandma. Because how many know when you have spiritual grandmas, they'll put some stuff in you. When you got spiritual mothers, they'll put some stuff in you. 
They'll, they'll tell you things you don't want to hear. And they'll, they'll make you, amen, fear God. Come on, somebody. And this is the thing. As we learn to follow, we learn to serve. Someone say serve. serve. And, and Jesus was teaching his disciples to follow him, to, to understand that we're going somewhere, sons. We're going somewhere, disciples. But in that same aspect, he taught them how to serve. Taught them how to serve. The word serve means this, to attend, to perform the duties, to be useful, to help, to wait on, to obey, means to attend at command. Also means to minister to, to give yourself like a soldier. Wow. And so when you serve, it's giving of yourself to minister and also to be like a soldier. When a soldier serves, he serves in a term, he gives himself to that. He gives himself over to the army, over to the navy, over to these things. And he, he no longer belongs to himself, but he belongs to the government. And then when you and I learn that when we serve God, we no longer belong to ourselves. Come on, somebody. We, we belong to Jesus. We belong to God. Uh, amen. And, and we have to learn to understand them. And Jesus was teaching his disciples not only how to follow, but to serve. If you look at book of John, chapter 6, verse 11, he's talking about how he fed the 5,000. And he gets all the loaf of bread and he gets the fish and he does something in verse 11. He takes, Jesus says, he took the loaves and when he, he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples. And he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. In other words, he gave it to the disciples to start serving those that were sitting down. He wanted everybody to sit down in groups. And while he, he, he began to do this, he began to get the disciples here. I'm gonna bless this and I'm gonna give it to you. And then in return, you're going to serve them. He was constantly showing them to serve. Someone say to serve. To serve, to minister to, to minister to people, to minister to others, to give yourself, to be like a soldier. Someone say to be useful, to be useful. Listen to this. Jesus came to serve. Someone say serve. serve. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 45. 10, verse 45. I, I love what it says here. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. And to give. Come on, somebody. And to give his life a ransom. He came to serve and to give himself as a ransom. In other words, he came to pay the price. His life was a price to pay. Jesus became a servant to the people to minister to them and to minister to God. Can someone say amen? This is the beautiful picture which Jesus stepped down and said, you know what? I'm coming in the form of a man, but still all God. And I'm coming to serve. Someone say to serve. serve. He's showing the picture of what it is to follow and what it is to serve. A lot of times is what happens in ministry or in church is people forget to serve and, and, and they don't have a heart to serve. And that is the heart of God. Serving is the heart of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. When you're volunteering, you're serving. When you get in your life and you say, I want to help you start serving. Everybody with me? You're serving. Not only are you serving God, but you're serving ministry. And these are the three things I want you to catch today that you and I must serve. Number one, we must serve God. We can't serve ministry without serving God. Can someone say amen? You can't, you can't. If, if you need it, someone say you need to be saved. <laughs> You get a lot of people who, who, who come to the Lord, who give their life to the Lord, and then out, out of a sudden, they, they, they're out there doing their own thing now, and they're not serving God no more. And they're, and they're not serving God. 
but they're serving in ministry. Oh, we'll get into that in a little bit. Is that okay? We'll go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verse 26. Jesus says this, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will what? Honor my God. God honors us when we follow and serve him. Come on, somebody. God sees. God sees our heart. God sees if we're serving right. He says, follow me and serve me. Can't get any plainer than that. Come on, it it doesn't get any simpler than that. How many caught that? Listen, I mean, I mean, praise the Lord, altar call, let's go, come on. He wants us to follow him and then he wants us to serve him. That's a beautiful picture. And he goes, and I honor that. You think you don't get honor? God brings honor to your life when you, when you sacrifice yourself. Say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done messing around. I'm done going out there, being a fool. I'm done, I'm done following the devil. I'm being a puppet for the enemy. I'm done destroying my family. I'm done destroying everything I put my hands on. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to serve you. And God says, you know what? I honor that. I honor that. People come to me, Pastor, I wish I would have did this when I was younger. No, doesn't matter. God honors that you're doing it now. Come on, somebody. God honors that you're doing it now. So don't compare yourself with others who've been serving the Lord for 20, 30 years, 15 years, five years, one year. If it's one day, God honors it. Or maybe you're saying, Pastor, well, I'm not serving God. Well, you will, by the time we're done today. You will get to know him. He's going to know you, and you're going to follow him, and you're going to serve him. Come on, somebody. I think that if we come back to the basics of life and the basics of Christianity, that we can live greater and mightier and do greater and mightier things when we understand the simplicity of the gospel. I, I tell people all the time, the gospel's simple. It's so simple that a baby can walk in the word of God. But the gospel is so deep, a scholar can get lost. He can start tripping. Amen. And that's why we, 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 we serve God, church. We serve God and because, because God honors it and it, it helps us to become better men, better women, better sons, greater sons, greater daughters. Come on, somebody. I don't know about you, but I want to be greater. I want to be mightier. I, I want to I do more for God. That means I'm not just going to follow him and say, well, I, I, I go to church. No, I don't just go to church. I serve God. Come on, somebody. I, I, I go to church, but I also serve God. Amen. So serving God is important, church. Look, look at Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark 12, 30 says these words. When you have it, say amen. Let me start with verse 29. It says, and Jesus answered him. The first of all the commandments is here. O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, my God. Someone say, love. Love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart. He breaks it down, the heart, the soul, the mind, the strength. And as a teaching that I wanna be teaching, I think next month, I'm gonna be breaking down loving God loving people and loving ministry. And I'm gonna be talking about that because I really want us to capture the essence of what God does, what he does. And we can understand Jesus, why he does what he does, then we can do what we need to do as believers, as sons, as disciples, as followers of Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. So we, why, why serve God? Why serve God? It's because we love God, church. How many love God? 
We love God. That's why he says, love the Lord your God. I serve him because I love him. Because he saved me. He delivered me. He broke the shackles. He set me free. That's why I love the Lord, my God. Can I get any witnesses out there? Amen. That's why we love God. That's why we serve him. Number two, we serve God so that we can be Christ-like. We serve him because I want to be more Christ-like. I serve the Lord so I can find my identity in Christ. Our identity is found in Christ Jesus. And we become more like him because you become more like the person you're around. A woman is a reflection of who you are, man. And if you are always fighting with her, you're fighting with your reflection. So you just stop blaming her and blame yourself. You did that to her. Hey, that was a Christian commercial right there. Praise the Lord. Amen. She's your reflection. That's what you did. Amen. And if you like it, then praise the Lord. You're good. But if you're having issues, fix yourself. It'll fix her. Oh, that was ghost. It got quiet in this holy place. Amen. Here we go. Here we go. So, so we serve God. Why? So that we become more Christ-like, that we find our identity. That we become more like him mentally. Because our ways are not his ways. But the more that we serve him and the more that we follow him, the more our mind begins to get renewed. Come on, somebody. The more our mind begins to change and we cast down imaginations that exalt itself above the knowledge of God. How many of you started tripping in your mind? Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. The rest of you guys are lying. Thank you, Jesus. But we, we, we follow him to be more Christ-like. So our mentality, our mindsets changes. Our spirituality, we become more spiritual. So that we start growing and become more spiritual. We're less carnal and more spiritual. We, we, we follow him so, and we serve God so that we will get on fire for the Lord. That we'll stay on fire for God. That we'll stay loving him. That we'll stay in tune with him. That we'll stay sensitive to him. That's why we, we, we serve God. Come on, somebody. We serve God, amen, because he first loved us. We were wretched. We were lost. We were bound, amen, but he set us free. And we're grateful people. That's why we serve God. Amen. I remember years ago when someone told me, why do you serve God? Because I don't want to go to hell. Then all of a sudden, years went by. I said, I want to serve God because I want to go to heaven. So I'm says, I want to go to heaven. But finally, after years, I felt that I served God because I love him. Come on, somebody. Your, 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 your motives will change as you serve God. As you serve God. Serving God, why church? Because serving God will help you build a relationship with him. You, we, we, we serve God so that we can build a relationship. So we build a relationship and because when there's a relationship, there's stability. Listen to this. How do you build a relationship through prayer and the word? Now I need you to hear this. Prayer is you talking. The word is him talking. Let that settle for a minute. I'm going to talk, talk about that right now. Prayer is you talking to him, communicating to him, laying all your issues, all your struggles, all your hurts, all the praise reports, all the bad reports. Uh, this is where you pray, and this is you talking. And when you start reading the word, this is him talking. I love you, son. Serve me. Come on, greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. Work right now there is day because night's going to come that no man can work. So he, let him speak to you. That's why we read the word so he can speak to us. We read the word so we can get instructions. We read the word so we can get our, our marching orders. We, 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 get, we read the word so he, can, so he can speak to us and deal with our hearts. For the word of God we just read is for reproof, for correction, for instruction. So God can reproof us, build the strength in us, edify us. So prayer is what? You talking. The word is what? Him talking. When was the last time you heard him talk to you? 
When's the last time you had him speak something to you that really dealt with you? Or real type of people that only like to read good stuff in the Bible? God forbid that we read something outside of those famous scriptures that we like. Because then God will really speak to us. Like going to the book of Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to my rebellious child. Oh, we don't want to read that. Praise the Lord. Let's, let's, let's skip that. But the word of God is, is, is awesome. Can someone say amen? It, it's, it's God speaking. Yes, God can speak to you through prayer. But this is what you need to understand. Prayer is for you to talk. The word is for him to speak to you. Here we go. Here we go. You need to build a relationship to God through prayer and through the word. Listen to this. You're going to have to develop your own relationship. I can't develop your relationship with God. Your spouse can't develop your relationship with God. They can't make you serve God. You've got to serve God on your own. And it'll tell who you serve. It can tell who you serve. Malachi chapter 3 verse 18. Malachi 3 18. Hallelujah. When you have it, say amen. Malachi 3.18. Malachi 3.18 says this. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. You can tell when somebody is serving God. Why? Because they change physically, their mentality changes, their spirituality changes, they have a love for God, something different about them. But then you can see somebody who's not serving God, everything remains the same. You guys with me? You, You see some of these people that are here. And some of you are here because your friend was serving the Lord. And you see your friend like, my God, look how he's changed. Look how she changed. They came to the centers. They came to church. And you see them months later, years later. And you're like, whoa. A famous words by somebody said, como has cambiado. In English, oh, how he changed. Oh, how she changed. And by you serving him, you impacted others. That's why we serve God. It's because by serving him, we impact others. Come on, somebody. And, and, and it, it'll, show, it'll show, church, it'll show who you serve. How many, how many ever have ever, and be honest with yourselves, have, have, have not been serving God, but you, you, you still were going to church? But it can tell that you weren't doing good. And God says, I see it, I know it. Bible says that we're, we're tablets everybody can read. So that's why it's so important that we serve God, that we follow him and serve him. It's not just a routine. This is not a hobby. Serving God is not a hobby. I, 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 what do you do? I go to church on Sundays, but I act like a devil Monday through Saturday. We don't want that. God doesn't honor that. He honors when we serve him and follow him. Come on, somebody. That's what he honors. Don't matter. We can live for 500 years and do good for 500 years that would not be good enough to make it to heaven. There's not enough good in us to do good. It's not through doing good. It's not by going to church that gets us to heaven. It's by following and serving the Lord our God. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a great clap offering. Amen. So here's Jesus and he's teaching them. He's teaching them to be more Christ-like. He's teaching them to build their own relationship. That's why he teaches them how to pray. And he teaches them how to get a hold of God. And this is the thing. They didn't have a Bible back then. They were the walking Bible. They had scrolls and stuff, but they didn't have the Bible. They were doing what God was telling them to do. And when they read the book of Isaiah and they wrote the different scrolls and they would go to the synagogues, they would read that and then they would go and live it out. Are you catching what I'm saying? So when it's the same thing like us coming to church and us hearing this and then going out and living it. That's how we live for God. That's how we serve God. But we, 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 we live in a, in a society now is no, we just come to get motivated and then to leave. No, that's not it. It's to come to get instructions so that we can go and live it out and be effective out there. Amen. Why, why serve God? Let me give you one more before we, 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 we transi- transition here. Is to cultivate a heart of repentance. 
That we serve God so that we can have a heart of repentance. See, the enemy does not want you to repent. You get saved, you become a threat to him. You get saved and you start following him, you become enemy of the state. <laughs> you become the enemy of the devil. You are a threat. You are a, a vicious threat to him. When you make a mistake and fall and do something dumb, he wants you to live in shame. Because shame won't let you repent. Shame makes you hide. Repentance gets you back up again. My God. Come on, somebody. This is the thing. A cultivating a heart of repentance keeps us, will keep you running to the altar. Someone say the altar. We have to learn to build our life at the altar. It's the altar where we come and we bring our junk, our shame, our hurt, our failures, our mistakes. We can have an altar at the church. You can make an altar at your house. You can make an altar in your car. Wherever you can go to God says, God, I failed. I made a mistake, but I, I love you. I want, I, forgive me of all my sins. And bam, there you go. Serving God so you can learn that God loves you, that God justifies you, that you have a relationship with him, that, that, that he makes you righteous, that, that his mercy and grace follows you all of the days of your life. You got to know this, that he loves you, that he died on the cross for you, that you are valuable, that your life is valuable. And as you serve him and as you follow him, you find out these things. And you know that I'm becoming more Christ-like, I'm building my own relationship with God, uh, and I'm cultivating a heart of repentance. When you don't have a heart of repentance, you begin to hide in the shame, and the enemy wants you to feel guilty, and he wants you to live in your guilt so that you don't get up. How many know what I'm talking about? How many of you felt shame and guilt, and, you didn't, and, and the enemy did, and it was hard for you to ask God for forgiveness? So then it's hard for you to pray. So you can't even pray no more. You, want, you come to pray and you've been so ashamed you can't even ask God to forgive you. I've been there. Or you can't even, you don't even know what to say no more. Here's the thing. You just, you, you, the enemy wants to shut your mouth up. But God says, I need you to have a heart of repentance. Cultivate a heart of repentance. That this has to be your lifestyle. We fail daily. And we have to learn to repent daily. We have to learn to grab a hold of God daily. We make mistakes. How many have made a mistake since you've been here? Oh, you think this is church is going to heaven. Hallelujah. And so, so we learn. But what we don't do, we don't take for granted the mercy and grace of God. We don't use it as a license to sin. That means, that means what? That means I make a mistake and I slip. That, that's a mistake, it's a slip. But if you're consciously doing it, well, I can't wait to leave church because I'm gonna get drunk right now. That's something else, you're backslidden. That means that you need to get back. And you need to get back up. Come on, somebody. That's a big difference, it's a big difference. How many caught that? You make a mistake, it catches you off guard, you were tempted, you were, you were, you were brought down. The enemy wants to leave you in shame. But then you repent and get up and you move on. Come on, somebody. That's, 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 what, that's the mercy and grace. But if we're going and we're literally setting time to go party, go do this, and go do that, go hang out with it, that's already, you already, you already premeditated murder. Hello, somebody. Premeditated sin. God can't honor that. God does not honor that. He honors what follow him and serve him. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord a great clap offering. Listen to this. When we learn to build an altar for God, we are consciously checking ourselves. We are checking ourselves because we are in charge of our hearts. And I'm not going to let no junk come in here and take Lord in my heart. The only one that belongs there is Jesus Christ. Come on. Hey, Jesus Christ belongs to, on the throne of my heart. Not, not, not money. The love of money. Because he said you can't serve two gods. Money will become a god and you'll chase money more than you'll chase God. 
You'll serve money more than you chase God, serve God. Not, not alcohol, not drugs, not women, not men, but God needs to be the throne of your heart. I serve God. He is in throne of my heart. And you're in charge of that, church. You're in charge of that. You need to figure out, what have I let in me? How many ever let something wrong in you? Amen. Praise the Lord. And God says, get that out of you. Let Jesus be on the throne of your heart. Come on, somebody. And, and, and when, we don't have, when we don't have that, you know what we look like? Have you ever seen that movie Venom? And the head pops out. That's how we are. We got a, got a head right there, another head. When you got the wrong thing on your heart. And it's talking to you and it's manipulating you and it's messing with you. And it wants, it's just speaking as demonic all the way. But God says, if you cultivate a heart of repentance, you'll run to that altar until you grow up. Come on, somebody. Until you blossom, until you mature. Some of us were still acting like babies when we should be a long way advanced already. Amen? So we serve God. Why? Number one, so that we can be more Christ-like, to find our identity, to build a relationship with God through prayer and the word, to cultivate a heart of repentance, to build a life at the altar. How many caught that? There is so much reason more why we serve God, but I want you to, if you can catch that, guys, whoo, forget about it. Number two, I'm serving, serving people. Jesus was showing them how to serve God and then he was showing them how to serve people. We've seen how he went and served the multitude and he told them, come on, come and serve the people. He gave them the food and he made them serve. See, you gotta remember Jesus was given as a ransom and God gave his son Jesus as the ransom because he loved people. He loved people. Jesus loves you. Go to Mark chapter 9, verse 35. Mark chapter 9, verse 35. 9.35 says these words. And he sat down, called the 12, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be the last of all and serve all, or the servants of all. My God. He says, if you want to... Be great, you want to be mighty, you're going to have to be a servant and the last. Someone say the last. Go to First Peter, First Peter. We need a couple of scriptures here. First Peter. First Peter chapter four, verse 10. First Peter chapter four, verse 10 says these words. As each one has received a gift Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him minister as within the abilities which God supplied. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Come on somebody. Uh, It's so important, church. So important. Go, go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. When you have it, say amen. Proverbs 11, verse 25. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. When we serve people and we become a servant for God, we refresh others. And while you're refreshing others, you yourselves are being refreshed. Come on, somebody, you yourself being refreshed. Right now, we have the servants right now that are serving right now in the Sunday school, that are serving, uh, ushering outside, that are serving right now uh, uh, in, in, the, in the toddlers and, and in, the, in, the, in the nursery because they're serving they're getting refreshed because God's using them and we're getting refreshed because our kids are there. Come on, somebody. Uh, uh, when the worship team, they're serving, they're serving, they're getting refreshed and also we're getting refreshed. 
Amen. As we serve in the God's kingdom, same way as I'm preaching and being a servant of God, I'm being refreshed and you're being refreshed. God sees that. So when you serve, it refreshes others. At the same time, God refreshes you. There, there's a proven fact when you serve that you live longer, that you're healthier. There's a, what do you call those endorphins that are released in you. Makes you feel better while serving. So some of you want to start feeling better, start serving. Come on, somebody, start serving. Plug yourself in and say, I want, to, I, want, I want to serve somewhere. Because God is looking for servants. Even if it's once a month, even if it's twice a month, God wants to use your life. Amen. Serving people, why was Jesus showing the disciples to serve people? Because it is the heart of God. Listen to me, it is the heart of God. Again, God gave his son for the world. He, he loved the people so much that he was willing to hand his only son to mankind to gain salvation through Christ Jesus. Come on, tell me that ain't powerful. That is so powerful. Serving people, he, he served his son so that you and I can be here today. Amen. Out of Matthew chapter 25, Matthew 25, verse 35. Write these scriptures down so you can go look at them later on. Matthew 25, verse 35. When you have it, say amen. It says, Matthew 25, verse 35 says, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When, when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king will answer and say to them, surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Come on, somebody. My God. He says, doing this, serving people is like serving me. My God. Giving yourself to serve, giving your life to minister, to, to give your life over as a soldier to help. Is, when you do that, it's like doing it unto God. There's a scripture where it says, I don't do it to man, but I do it unto God. This is the picture of it. This is why God says it's so important that he was teaching his disciples to serve. Because it is the heart of God. Man, imagine that when we're serving our kids and we're serving in the usher and we're serving as greeters, we're serving on the worshiper as just as we are serving God himself. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering, amen. We, 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 serve, we serve people, why? Number two, it expresses the love of God. Uh, it expresses the love of God. When they serve people, listen to this, they're showing you that they love God enough to help people make it. For those that are watching us, I know it's going to turn off, but I'm going to be talking about also about serving ministry. And you can watch the rest on our podcast because it's going to turn off right now. Amen. But listen to this. Go, go to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. And I'll read it up here. John 13 verse 12. It expresses the love of God why we serve people. And why Jesus is showing us how to serve. And why he, he says that he didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. And in, in John chapter 12, 13, 12, 13 and 14, reads like this. I guess not when I'm going to depend on it. I shouldn't have. John chapter 13. Okay. John chapter 13, verse 12 says this. So when he had washed their feet, these are the disciples, taking his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Look at verse 14. If I then, your Lord and teacher, teacher, have washed your feet, you also to wash one another's feet. For I am giving you an example that you should do as I have done to you. 
My God, come on somebody. I, I, I need you to see that. Serving and doing this part of the washing the feet is one of the lowest things anybody could do. The lowest of servants. Jesus lowered himself all the way down to the standard. Because he says to be the least servant is to be the greatest in his kingdom. Come on somebody. So he's showing us the picture what it is to serve. And, and this is the thing. We follow, we serve, and then we lead. But people want to skip the serving part. The following part, I learned everything about a leader. You will read books about leadership. We'll read books about how to be an effective leader, how to be an a, a influential leader, how to be a leader of, uh, of today's society. Simple. Learn to follow and learn to serve. Come on, somebody. That will enhance you. That will better you. That'll make you greater in your own home, in your job, in ministry. Church, listen to this. He's teaching them how to serve. He says, if I'm your, if I'm your teacher, if I'm who you say I am, then do what I'm doing. Come on, we can learn a lot from Jesus, church, if we just do what he did. Somebody say serve. Serve is an expression of the love of God. Why we serve people, number two, it deals with hidden issues in our hearts. It deals with hidden agendas. Amen. God, when you start serving, you find a lot about yourself. When you start serving people, you find out a lot about yourself. Let me tell you, Pastor Ruben told me this years ago, don't beat the sheep, feed the sheep. When I was the home director, people would get me mad and I wanted to get, I wanted to lash out at the people that I was serving. He told me, turn off fires, don't start fires, Edgy. Come on, somebody. We need people who turn off fires, not start fires. Either carrying a bucket of water or you're carrying a bucket of gasoline. He said, love the people. He said, serve the people. I, I never forgot that. I didn't know how much junk was in my heart until I started serving people and their families. Why do I say this? Because people will hurt you. People will hurt you no matter what you do for them, no matter how much you love them. The more you love them, the more they'll hate you. And that's what Paul tells the church in Corinthians. He says, the more it seems that I love you because you love me less, he says, they say. Because sometimes we think that serving you and loving you is a certain way that we expect. And then sometimes you don't get it what you think and then people manifest. How many ever manifested? Oh, praise the Lord. But helping people, working with people, loving people, you get hurt. You get hurt by two people. You get, by, you get hurt to the ones you're serving and the ones you're serving with. You're not hearing me. It'll reveal your heart when you're serving because it'll reveal your heart that there's still something wrong with it because hurt people, hurt people, things happen. But if you're following God and you're serving God, then you learn to say, I'll give it to God. Come on, somebody. But if you're serving people before serving God, then that's where you get hurt at. If you follow the shepherd before you're serving God, that's where you get hurt at. That's why you follow God, then the shepherd. That's why you, well, that's why you serve God and then people. Come on, somebody. You, you got to understand where I'm going with this. So this is my thing. Don't freak out when God shows you your junk. Don't freak out when God, when your heart's revealed and, and you manifest it. And when I'm talking to some of our people and some of our leaders, and I know they're, I tell them something they didn't like, and they're like, their face changes. And especially when they're white, they all turn red. Like they're constipated or something. It's just, you know, when you're talking to your kids and they don't like it, their face changes, right? And they think they don't see it, but you see it. So when I rebuke one of the disciples, they're like, 
And I'm like, are you okay? I'm okay. My name is Bob. Something just, just because God's dealing with them. God's dealing with them. Don't get surprised. Don't freak out of the junk. It's okay. Because it's on its way out. Come on, somebody. It's on its way out. It's on its way out. Let me give you the third one. Because I, 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 we're going to move on with on leadership next month, next week. On serving the ministry. We serve God. We serve people. And we serve the ministry. Getting involved in ministry now. There is pressure. Someone say pressure. 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 There is pressure that people don't see. Being involved in ministry and being behind the scenes, you don't see what it took to, to do this. You didn't see everybody getting their positions. You didn't see what wasn't done. You didn't see what needed to get turned on. You didn't see everything was laid out for you just for you to come and eat. It was just like you don't see the setup in a restaurant. You just go there and you eat. But those who got to set up and do it like that, there is pressure. There is pressure to make sure everything done is getting done right. There is pressure of things that need to be taken care of. And, and this is what I love. The pressure for those that are serving in ministry, you think it's tearing you down, but in reality, God's building you up. You think that the pressure that's on you is, is and you, and you know, I can't do this. And God says, I'm just stripping your flesh. I'm stripping your disobedience. I'm stripping your stubbornness. I'm making you greater. That's what God was doing with, with Paul. Excuse me, that's what God was doing with Peter. Peter was too much. God was stripping him. God was stripping him. God was dealing with Judas. And I believe if Judas would have repented, he could have made it, but he got stubborn and wouldn't repent, and he ran in shame. I believe God was trying to get his attention. See, Judas was anointed. Judas knew the secret place of God. Judas knew the power of God, but he never really followed God and served God. That's what the Bible says, that you can, you can cast out devils in my name. You can heal the sick, but apart from work on them, I never knew you. Serving the ministry brings pressure that'll tear you, and excuse me, not tear you down, but build you up. Number two, serving the ministry, you'll deal with conflict. Someone say conflict. Conflict, conflict in face. There's conflict, excuse me, there's conflict in ministry. Go to Proverbs 22, 27, verse 17. Twenty-seven, seventeen. when you have it, say amen. And iron sharpens what? Iron. <laughs> so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. You have issues, you have, you have conflict, but it's not for you to run. God is just sharpening and cutting. Come on, somebody. It, it, if that was so, I would have ran a long time ago. They looked at me wrong. They didn't shake my hand. They didn't smile at me. They didn't tell me thank you. This is this isn't good stuff. Look, okay, everyone is afraid of conflict. That's why we run. That's why we're always running. They don't want to confront or be confronted. But ministry is confrontational. Things are going to be confronted. So how a leader deals with conflict exposes him. And how much more work he needs. God will expose you to show you you can get better. Sharpen these things. Become someone who puts out fires, not starts fires. Come on. One who loves people, not hurts people. One who feeds the sheep and not beat the sheep. You guys with me? Listen to this. Serving ministry, why? Because it'll show where you're at in submission. 
The ministry, it will teach, you, will teach them, will teach us how to submit. It will teach us how to respect. It will teach us maturity. Submitting to, to ministry will teach us how to value things. It will teach us how to be sacrificial. It will teach us how to be determined. It will teach us how to be humble. Come on, somebody. Submitting to the authority, submitting to the ministry, it helps us. Serving in ministry is the best on-the-job training you can ever have. If you want to plan to take a city, if you plan to do something for the Lord, if you plan to do something mighty, if you plan to do something great for God and go and take a city for God, serving in ministry is the best place you can be at. Come on. That's the best place. Let me give you two things and we'll be done. Serving also will expose you and show you if you're willing to pay the price or not. Because how you act now determines how you act later. I think the hardest thing for people to do is to be a living sacrifice. When you start serving, you start sacrificing. When you start serving, you start respecting and valuing the ministry and what God is doing. And though if it's not there, it starts being developed in you. So you won't be calling off every time it's your time to serve. See, what happens is a lot of people who serve will call off. You're the only one you're serving that day. So if you don't do it, guess who has to do it? The leader has to do it. That's over that ministry. And if they call off four times a month, that leader's going to be there all month. So these are things that nobody sees, the call-offs, and the leader has to do it. Amen? Amen. So we got to learn to submit to that ministry. Say, okay, I need to change some things. I understand emergency things happen, but serving will expose you. So as a shepherd, I learned to pay attention to these things. And I have to tell the leader all the time, that person only comes to church to serve. Don't use them no more. Because they won't come, none of the times, but only that time to serve. And it's not healthy for them. Because before we can serve ministry, we have to serve what? God. Come on, somebody. I want us to stand really quick. There was this lady, two ladies. One name was Mary, one name was Martha. One was mad because one was doing all the serving. And one was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, let me tell you that, that, that right there has to be a balance because everybody wants to be a church and nobody wants to serve or everybody wants to serve and not be in church. Some people get so busy serving that they don't know how to sit down. They don't know how to let God minister to them. And some people are just used to just being at the feet of Jesus, they don't know how to serve. So you have to balance yourself out. You have to come to a place of balance. You're in charge of your heart. Amen. So we have to learn, church. We have to grow. Because if we're going to be effective leaders in this generation now, then we have to learn to follow, serve, and lead. Come on, somebody. Follow, serve. I leave. I think that I've, I've talked to a lot of pastors and a lot of people and, and uh, they try to get people just to get them into ministry. I don't. I'd rather have you get a hold of God and wake up and understand that you have to serve people and that you have to serve ministry. And when you do that, you, you become an individual that is so effective, so impacting, that when you start doing it, people trip out and like, wow, you're happy now? You're doing this now? How many people are doing that? Man, you're happy now, like, wow, it just does something. And then to see people who are joyful in ministry, oh man, to see their smiles and to see them how grateful when they're at their ministry is only because they're serving God. They're serving God allows them to smile. Serving God allows you to have that joy and that passion, that fire. Serving God, following God. 
church. God is asking more of us. He was teaching his disciples these things, to follow, to serve, and then he was about to release them to lead. And when they led, my God, they shook the world upside down. There was a shaking. And I, and I believe as us as a church, as living word here in, in the empire, we catch this. You will shake this city and the cities around simply because you have decided to understand the simplicity of following, serving, and leading. If Jesus shook the world with 12, I just need 12 to catch it here. Come on, just 12, just 12 to catch it. I really do it. Amen, Romy. I even take one Judas, it's okay. Because if Jesus had one, I'm gonna have one, amen. But thank God for Matthias that replaced the book of Acts. We need to serve God, church. We need to serve God. We need to give everything over to God and say, God, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna serve you with everything that I got. Come on, with everything I got, with everything I got. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here this morning saying, Pastor, I, I don't know this Jesus that you're talking about. I don't know this God that you're talking about. But I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I've been battling. I, I, I've been wanting to, but I haven't really surrendered myself. But today I want to surrender myself and I want to give my heart to God. I want to give my life to God. If that's you this morning, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. Say, Pastor, I want to give my life to God. God bless you. God bless you. Or maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, I've fallen away. I've drifted away. I, 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 this thing that you talked about, about the shame and the guilt. I, I'm not doing what I should be doing, but I want to get things right with God. If that's you this morning, just lift up your hand. I want to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God sees that hand. God sees that hand. Or maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, God spoke to me. God dealt with me. I, I need to get back in serving God the way he wants me to. Serving him with everything, serving him with everything I got. Serving God and giving everything totally to him so that God can do what needs to be done inside my life. And I need to learn to serve people. And people do hurt, people do do things that I need to learn to say, okay, I know that it's not them, I know it's the enemy, I know God's trying to sharpen me. So I'm gonna let God be God. And I want to get involved and I want to plug myself in to do more. I want, my, I want to give more value to what God has given me, more value to my, to my salvation, more value to my calling. If that's you today and God spoke to you, I want you to come. Come to the altar. Come. Hands are coming up. I'm all over the place. I want you to come. You come and you find a place before God. Build this place. Come to this altar and build your life here at the altar. Let go of some stuff. Maybe you haven't been praying the way you should. Come, pray. If you haven't been reading the way you should come, say, God, help me, help me. You come and you find your place. You say, God, I want to be that servant you call me to be. I want to follow and I want to serve you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, wash me with your precious blood. Forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart and make me new. Thank you for forgiving me and setting me free. Devil, you're a liar. I am a child of God. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a great clap offering. We're not done yet, we're gonna pray with you. And they're gonna, the prayer workers are gonna help us pray, we're gonna pray with you, and we're gonna believe God for you. I'm telling you right now, God is up to something. God is up to something. Let, let God touch you, let God speak to you. If you said that prayer, God has forgiven you. 
It's a fresh start. It's a new start. The Bible says that heaven is rejoicing. There's a party going on in heaven. Amen. And today, now, we plug ourselves into the church. We stay away from things that get us caught up. We read our Bible, and we let God use us to our full potential. I want you to stay where you are. We're going to pray with you. And just, we're just going to pray with you right now as our worship begins to worship. And as those that are out there, help me. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Come on, just begin to get a hold of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.